live again for another episode of the Puppet Podcast. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you on the streaming world of Facebook and YouTube and all of those good social media. Thank you for joining. Feel free to chat with us during the live. That's what is good with those live interviewed you can ask questions during the interview you can say hi where are you watching and we can so that we are connected from all over the world because we have some guests from the other side the other continent and that's why we do this interview in the afternoon for the american but uh, over there it's almost the evening so let's let's connect and I want to, at the end, I will show you the, the, the web series and all of that. So please welcome in the screen, Mr. Sam Sieri. Hello. I like to make it really. That's good. That's a nice big, yeah, that's a big entrance. I like that. Yeah. And you you receive us in in kind of a, in a funny environment because it's also the name of your show, Sam. You do your show yes. called It Lives in My Closet. So uh -huh. <laughs> and this kind of looks like a closet. I'm uh, I'm I'm working. I, I work taking care of uh, my my little brother. And so I'm in my mom's room and my mom has so much stuff. That's that's like my my, my closet too. It's all over there, and there are there is a closet. There's two <laughs> closets, and still, but that's woman okay. loves clothes, so yeah, that, that's that's why. fine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really happy to receive you because you have this wonderful web series. I really admire all your work, and I also uh, discover you that you, you get the crush for puppetry. So I want to know a bit more, and for the people who are watching, maybe you can introduce yourself yes. as a new puppeteer. Yes, so um, I, hi, my name is introducing, uh, my yeah. name is Sam, and um, puppeteering was never something, it was always something that I appreciated, but never something that I would ever think that I would be a part of. And I never really understood or um, respected in the way that I now see that it deserves the, the, the art of it, um, other than like as a passive person that's just like, oh, that's really cool, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that, so the company that I run with my two friends, John Hayes and Nissa Grant, we uh, run a production company called Outline Productions, and we do music videos and short films. And our plan this summer, and we had spent the past year um, setting up this plan to do a feature-length film. That was the plan. We had a script, we had readings, we had all this stuff ready to go. Then the world ended. Uh, for <laughs> and so that got put on hold indefinitely. Um, and we all went into quarantine. I live in New York City. We, the, the rest of, we all live in New York City. Um, so we were in quarantine and I had all this, I'm not some, I don't do very well sitting. Um, I'm, I'm somebody that I, I have to be making something. Um, and I was making this movie and then it got taken away. So I'm like, okay, I have to make something else. Yeah. And I'm by myself. So I have to make something alone. Um, and I didn't just want it to be my face because I would, that's, I would get so annoyed by myself. Um, and the original idea was, I was like, I'm going to get a puppet 
And let's see, maybe that's what I do. It, I could be terrible at this and like have no idea. So the original idea for It Lives in My Closet was to do a short film about a neighbor who was a like Eastern European, like hyper positive kind of neighbor fun puppet and be very on the nose with it and very Muppety and, you know. Um, so I got, I, I went out looking for, cause I had no idea how to build a puppet. And I was like, that's a whole thing. Yeah. So I'm going to find someone that does really good work and I'm going to just see, I'm just going to grab a puppet, like a basic model. And so I reached out to Stephen uh, Barkley, who is Diablo puppets. And I think okay. you've talked to people that, that have represented them before. Yeah. And he is, he's dope. He's just like the coolest dude. Um, and I ordered, uh, I ordered this gray little puppet and the minute I got him, I took, he had clothes on, I took all the clothes off and I just kind of looked at it for a while and I was like, okay, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea how to, how do I, how do I move the hand? And like, I started going like this and like, he was, and I started watching other people puppeteer and then I read I was like before I do anything I'm gonna read everything I can about Jim Henson so I went out and I read biographies I watched documentaries I was like I'm gonna learn everything about the person that very much is the architect of modern puppetry how when you say puppet yeah people it is a big influence. yeah today think of that the mass majority of people so I knew I had to learn everything I could about him and his philosophy on puppetry. Why did it work? How did it work? Uh -huh. And then, so I'm learning all about puppetry and I'm like, every night I'm sitting in front of the mirror and I'm exercising and I'm trying to, you know, lip I'm trying to match things up. I'm like lip syncing songs to myself. And, but I have no idea who this character is. I'm just trying to technically learn yeah. what's happening. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so this is in a span of a couple of weeks that I'm learning all of this. And as this happens, I'm also trying to think like what's like I'm writing out the short film and it's very funny and it's very light. And then things happen politically and socially. George Floyd gets shot. There are I'm in New York City and there are protests in the street and yeah. the world takes this turn of nothing new like there there was nothing new that was explained you know there yeah. the there the, it's just it was a very for the first time in my life and i think in a lot of people's lives we couldn't avoid you know like we usually do we usually look beyond it we're like ah that's something happening over there yeah we but it was to, in the face yeah you couldn't we couldn't go anywhere right so yeah. you had to face things and when I looked at it and I looked at everything happening, there is this instant thing that you're like, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, oh, that's wrong. And you start looking more and more at the world because we have the time to do that, which is such a rare yeah. thing. Um, and then I started having conversations with friends and, and, and people I know that didn't have that instant, that's wrong, that's, you know, and we started having disagreements. And I felt, like something so you talk like in terms of the politics scenes or the, more like the the, the fact politics that and the social the social and politics i think it's very yeah. intertwining right now 
Um, and it's just a it's just a general idea of morality. Yeah, right? what is wrong and what is right. Like the simple, the simple get... stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. So then I was, as, as I'm like trying to comprehend all the things happening in the world and the fact that people don't seem to just see the obvious thing, I start thinking about things like Sesame Street, like these kids shows that we grow up with and that we, for some reason, and I don't know why, but some reason around 10 or 11 years old, we go, oh, did it. I learned, mm. right? We go, like, I learned what's right. I learned what's wrong. I'm now going to consume other forms of entertainment and media. And I don't need to be told or taught anything or reminded anything, right? Yeah. But the, the, the thing I like to compare it to is that I learned algebra in school. Yes. But if you told me, to solve an algebraic math equation, I would have no fucking idea. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I would have no idea how to do that. Yes. Right? I would yeah. need to take a refresher course. Totally. So the idea came up. I was like, okay, well, it's not going to be a short film because I now I have a lot of things that I would like yeah, to talk about. Cover. And so I was like, it's going to be a series and it's going to be a refresher course of morality of just going over the basics, right? And yeah. it's for it's going to be for adults, but not an adult show, which I think is, uh, and we'll get into this. I, I think we, we were saying that we're, we'll talk more about like where puppetry is today, but doing something that has a puppet in it that is for adults, but isn't crass, that isn't, um, it's, it's, it's very earnest. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why I enjoy, like, you send me the clip and I totally hook to it. I think it's really, and for the one who were watching, if you haven't seen, take the time after that to watch and you will be, like, really addict. I was like, I want to see another one. And I want, because, as you said, it's the, the basic and it's so, like, I feel the, um, your, like, the tone, the vibe mm -hmm. of it is really what's happening in the world. Like, how... I can refer to this character. I can saw and we identify a lot yeah. of people that we maybe saw, maybe us at some point. Sometimes we have this kind of mood that the character have. So and it's that's really interesting. When when I was uh, I kind of came up with that that that's what the premise of the show. I was like, okay, so who who's my character? And I was like, I'm gonna represent um, basically a straight white guy who and that perspective so assuming i know everything being freaked out by like um in the first episode spoilers but in the first episode we kind of meet bobby who's my character and at the end of the episode he finds this little monster in his closet and at the beginning of the second episode the first thing he does is he calls the police that's the first thing he does and the second thing he does is he accidentally like I mean because he's freaked out he shoots him with a little nerf gun right that doesn't mean a lot like when you watch it it's funny and it's cute and there's something like silly about it but that's a white person being freaked out by something and calling the police and resorting to violence before ever having a community before ever talking right yes um 
And so that's the kind of stuff that I knew the show had to be. And then I was trying to figure out Phil, because at this point I'd started learning and very falling in love with the, it was his eye, there was something about his eyes. And actually, this is a funny thing. I have a couple Phil's. I've now, I I have a couple of them. And they, they, the eye placement is not the same on all of them. And there's one Phil in particular, the main Phil, that has it the way his eyes are set. And the, I think it's because it's a very clear eye line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so important. Yes. It's a very clear eye line. And they're, they're just very well aligned. And he has this wide eyed, like he's always set with kind of like a smile, right? He always has this kind of like, thing of so you yeah. know that thing when someone listens to you and they're like mm-hmm. like i get it yeah they understand they welcome the whatever open. you're saying very and, open yeah, yeah and, that's magic in puppetry when you find this character yeah. and you can have a lot of message as you said yeah into that that's amazing that's such a good intro to to it's kind of i feel people will want to see the show more and more but i want to know you so. because also your way through puppetry you were a singer an yeah. actor and you you just what is your background because i always ask the best path what's the best way to arrive into puppetry so what's yours mine um i am somebody i i i like making things in general and like i said before i have to um yeah. i so i grew up and i think this is a part of it i i'm from florida and when I was 11, we moved to a town called Celebration and it's four minutes from Disney. So mm-hmm. I grew up in Disney and the town itself was built by Disney. So I grew up in Disney world. Like I used to get out of school and go to Disney all day. And <laughs> that was like, we would cut class and go to Epcot or Magic Kingdom. Like that was, there's an inherent, so what that happens is when you're, when you, when you're growing up and you grow up in a complete dream land, you know? Um, and I had, I had growing up, I had a lot of issues with uh, being bullied and being beaten up and that was a constant. So I was a very big escape. Like I've always been someone that's been drawn to escape and um, you know, creatures like Star Wars, I, I'm the biggest Star Wars fanatic. Um, and I've always been obsessed with things I, I have no interest in in the world as it is right in mm. things I create um I'm not interested in reality whatsoever because that's not where I grew I didn't grow up in reality even though I dealt with realistic things I grew yeah. up in a complete fantasy world um yeah. so I became a music I was I was a, I mean I've always been a musician but I left high school uh when I was 17 to be a rock star you know uh <laughs> and I like I played piano in Las Vegas. I was uh, all up and down Florida. I was a musician. I moved to New York when I was tw- 20 years old, 20 years old. And I, for three years, the only job I had was I played music down in the subways. Um, mm-hmm. I did that for three years. I made a record, nothing happened. It was very dis- disheartening and yeah. disillusioning. Um, 
And I had only wanted to be a musician at that point. I tried writing once. I wrote one chapter of a book. I was like, I'm going to be a writer. I wrote one chapter of a book and a friend of mine read it and said, you're not a good writer. And so I'd stopped writing. I was like, I'm not, I'm never going to write anything narrative again. So I, I made this record, nothing happened. So I stopped uh, being a musician. And uh. I was like, I'm going to sell motorcycles for the rest of my life. So I started selling motorcycles out of Brooklyn. And then I got, and I was terrible at selling motorcycles, by the way, because I would just, I liked, I, I would always have a different story of my life uh, to sell this specific motorcycle. I owned, to everyone that came into that shop, I owned every motorcycle. Whenever they're like, what do you think about this one? I'm like, well, I actually have one. Let me tell you about it. And I would make up all these stories, you know, and... <laughs> Um, and I never, I didn't sell a lot. I really didn't. Cause I ended up talking so much to the people. They were like, we just want to buy a thing. Why could just stop? And I'm like, all right. But this one time I was in a mountain. And so <laughs> I, I got into a really bad motorcycle accident though. Um, huh. when I was like 20, 21, uh, no, no, no. i sorry. I was 23. I was 23. I got hit by a cab. My, my hand, my thumb, like split and broke and I couldn't walk for a month and I lost my job because of it like I couldn't sell motorcycles because I looked like a human cast um so I had to find a way to make money and acting was actually which is an, such an ironic thing nobody goes into acting because they're like that's a surefire financial success <laughs> is start acting but a friend of mine was like hey have you ever thought about doing musical theater and I did a little bit in high school, um, mm -hmm. but never really thought of it as a career beyond that. Um, and I went on one audition and it was the first audition I did. It was for a show called Rock of Ages and I got the part and I did a seven month run on a cruise line uh, in Rock of Ages going to Bermuda for seven months and it was great. And I jumped off of that tour. I went on to a Broadway tour right after that of a show called Once. Um, and that's where I met John and Nissa and uh, my girlfriend Mackenzie, like I've uh, some incredible people in my life I've met from that tour. And I came out of that tour kind of finding music again and loving music again. And I was doing a lot and there was a lot of promise for me as an actor in musical theater. Like I was getting ah. work and I was working, I was like, being asked to do a bunch of readings for these interesting shows and bigger shows and bigger opportunities. And I was doing a show uh, called Million Dollar Quartet. And that's where I met two people that are very, I think very important with this current show and with a lot of stuff that I do now. Um, one is uh, Noel Carey and Noel was, he like loved Jim Henson and pup and he would make these incredible like puppets and he, was he thought puppets were so cool and I had never thought anything about puppets. <laughs> yeah. But I knew that Noel was a genius and was this yeah. incredible creative person. And if he said there's something about these puppets, I should probably take notice. And and so he started that. And then uh, Michael Sickberg, who uh, Sick Fantasy, that he does all my um, concept art. So like we're creating more characters for the show right now, and Mike is does, is is in charge of drawing everything. Um, uh -huh. And 
helps definitely helps like i send him every episode and i'm like hey this is you need to uh watch this um so yes oh oh no my dear you cannot i love you you can't my niece Oh. No. Okay, come in for one second and say hi. Yeah, we have people watching from Philippines. Come in one second. And people, or not. Or, or not. not. <laughs> no, she's she will be on television. Yeah. Right. Oh. 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 Hello. Hello. Hello, creepy. Why are you just standing in the doorway? What? How can I help you? Oh, I I got it. I'm doing I'm doing this, Violet. We, we <laughs> hi to the hello. Oh, you gotta ask your mama. I'm so sorry. I love you. Go ask your mama. I love you. Bye. <laughs> that's the live thing. So that's there you go. Um, so we I do the show and I'm doing this 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 million dollar quartet show with these two people that become very important in my life, and we were doing one performance. And I was standing on stage and I had this really big moment. I was like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. And I was like, I don't love this. I don't love this as much as I love. Like there was something in saying other people's words and living in other people's worlds, which as an actor, if you love doing that, if you love just acting and being a part of something, that's amazing. And yeah. I felt like I was taking up somebody's space by by being there, you know? Um, mm. So I decided that I wasn't gonna act in theater anymore and I was going to start creating my own work. And that's where I have a band called Nicotine Dolls and we do, that's all my like music, like just music stuff. And then I love film, I love making movies, I love creating things uh, visually. And so we made Outline Productions and uh, Dot 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 dot. This is where this here, is where we, are here we are with puppetry. Here we are with puppetry. That's amazing. That's that's such a good story. And I feel you are a great storyteller also to get into all of those packed with puppetry. <laughs> that is so, my that is my family. My family is very good at that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's part of the job to be good yeah. storyteller and using puppets and, and visual aspect because yeah. a lot of puppeteer comes from cinema also. So mm -hmm. I, I I can uh, observe that we have a totally different background, but we have great way to explain the life and communicate our sensibility. Yes. So yeah, I want to know your big purpose for the future. It's always a tricky question to ask, but what is your vision with this show or with your Specifically own career? with this show, I have a very, so, so the idea was to do something kind of impossible and that I was like, I'm going to, um, so when you watch the show, the first three episodes, and there are episodes sprinkled in where I am completely by myself. Like I was doing camera, I was running the microphone, I edited it, I did the music to it, I did the coloring, I did every aspect of it. There was no one else in the room while I'm making these, right? And so I just, the episode eight I just put up is a 20 minute episode and I'm the only human being that is, that is involved in making that episode. <laughs> yeah, then, because the quarantine aspect. Because the quarantine, yeah. And then I'm very lucky when I started bringing in these other people. So a big part of the show too is that I bring in other people. 
um, and other writers and other voices because something that I think um, because I am I'm a white straight guy I can't articulate um, everyone's experience there's there's yeah. th that's yeah. that's impossible and it's also stale you know we live in a world that is very much built up around narratives put out by straight white guys mm -hmm. unfortunately and that has created stale narratives and and predictable narratives and predictable um uh things to cons that we consume and then we ourselves become just these like amalgamations of of the past 20 years of of straight white guys um <laughs> so the idea was i'm like i'm gonna bring in people that i respect that have specific voices that have um specific stories to tell that i think are very talented too so the first yeah. person i bring in is my older brother my older brother danny who plays my older brother in the fourth episode um and i i love that aspect of it and then i also have john and nissa have been able to come in and now they they're able to help uh john and Nissa are also the the two people in the first episode that i yeah. time with um <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> and now like we like we just shot we just put out episode eight but we are filming a future episode and it's it's all black and white it's silent and it's with a character that a friend of mine esco uh has created and it's a character they call one and it represents their lack of voice um and so we've created this kind of like 1920s 30s silent black and white uh, episode. And that's the thing too, is that each episode, the more you watch the show, I really hope people start to see that we are pushing um, our storytelling a little bit further and a mm -hmm. little bit making things a little more um, abstract. Like we did an episode, our first 20 minute episode is, was I had this idea about that in my mind sounded easily offensive a tap dancing homeless person. Uh huh. And I thought of that, I was like, that sounds awful. That sounds very like exploitive and like it, but there is something in somebody that has, cause most of the time the, 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 if, if someone is living uh, without a home and, and on the street, most of the time there is something, there's a very real reason that they are there, whether it be mental health, or, or a system that is 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 incapable of supporting them when they should. Um, and so I wanted to write a character that because of their mental health, because of, of reasons beyond just, you can fix your own situation. They have, they, they're in this situation, but yeah. they want, they're bursting at the seams to create and express. And because I think we all wanna make things that are beautiful constantly. Yeah. We all want to, just we some want of us don't have that ability at our mm. fingertips. So I thought, take the idea of money and then subvert it into, it's really not, the episode starts with like, Phil has to get a job because he has to make money. But by the end of it, that's not what it's about at all. It's, a, it's very much about like, we should pay more attention to the people that we find invisible around us. Um, and there's a four minute, I knew going into, I was like, there's gonna be this long abstract tap number that we will take 100% seriously. That's why Hannah Heller who plays the, uh, plays Mike, um, 
we worked for a couple weeks and the biggest thing that I love about her is that she is not your typical tap dancer. She's very human. She has a very human quality. So the piece itself came out like I don't, there's a full page, like all the scripts, I write all the scripts out for these episodes, even when it's just me, like they're very much scripts. Um, yeah. and there was a full page treatment for that tap number where I wrote out Mike's life story, like from birth to where she is now, her whole life story, and then gave it to Hannah. I was like, okay, we're gonna film this in this theater and we're gonna try and follow this narrative, but maybe that's not what someone gets when they watch it, right? And so experimental filmmaking on top of a children's show that talks about morality with a puppet is such an interesting place to be and something I've never seen before. Yeah. And we take, to answer your question, we take Phil, I, I take Phil very seriously as a character. Like I don't treat him like a puppet. Um, and and that, that's also with how he's operated. Yeah. Um, I tend to avoid big movements in him because he yeah. looks so, he looks like he's very much built Muppety. And I think when, when working him, the biggest thing to avoid is big Muppety movements. You know, like yeah. when he walks, he does, we, I do have to do the shoulder and think when he walks. Uh -huh. I, I try to keep the movement as subtle as possible. Yeah. When he's looking at you, the movements are just tiny, little movements, you know, mm -hmm. nothing too big. And the biggest thing is eyeline. That's yeah. like, I keep, I make sure that he is looking exactly where he needs to look. Um, and he's, and it's a performance. Like I pull, I sit with him and I'll sit for like an hour or two on one scene, just holding him there until he is able to express what I know he's trying to express because it does become this, you know, you end up directing from the monitor, you know, yes, you're totally. watching from the monitor and you're trying to get a very subtle, real performance. Like I, if there are points in it where you go, haha, puppet to me, that's a failure on my part because when I watch, whenever you watch great puppet puppetry, I think, you never are aware. And it's like great yeah. acting. Great acting should not have you walking out going, wow, what a great, act! what great acting. You yeah, should you're be talking about the character. Yeah, to see know? the character in his life and how he What a great character, and... yeah. yeah. And so the story of Phil, we have this like basic 70s sitcom and this is the growth of the show. This is where the show is going. I have the second season mapped out, right? Um, the idea was always to do a 15 episode. So there's gonna be 15 episodes of this season. Oh yeah. Um, and when we, when we end this season, we're gonna meet more characters uh, because what we know of Phil right now is that he's very old, even though he's very young, you know? He, uh, mm. he if you watch episode six, he talks about, he's, and, and we sprinkle it throughout the season. We sprinkle little hints of the lore of Phil. Mm -hmm. And there is a whole, like, he's from somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we don't know yet, but we will discover And it. we don't know yet where he's from. Why is he here? He, you know, Phil is, the thing I really wanted to do was I wanted to capture 
the we have a really good thing when we're young we can see things so clearly of like that's right that's wrong i'm just gonna and and we have such empathy and compassion when we're young but we can't articulate it right and then when we become old enough where we can articulate these complex ideas we are not so clear in that in that goodness right we lose it we've been affected by and cynic we are cynical yeah Uh, so phil balances that he's yeah old enough to to articulate but but has this innocence in him that he sees things very clearly yeah yeah that's funny you bring that he is an old character and people i will show you some part of the episode so stay Mm -hmm. tuned to to watch it but i i thought he was a, a young like a baby or but it's maybe the closet and all the symbols that you bring into the show and it's his voice too like i i phil's voice and i do this so i do with each episode i also do a something called behind the door where i sit and i kind of talk through the making of that episode um and i did talk at one of the episodes but the the biggest thing was i was like trying to figure out what his voice was right And I did, it's a big one. And I was walking to work one day and I started thinking about, I'm like, who do I, what kind of energy should he have? And I love Back to the Future. I love Mm -hmm. Back to the Future. And I was like, oh, well, Michael J. Fox. He should sound like (laughs) Michael J. Fox. But like Michael J. Fox has this like great broken quality to his voice where he's like, yeah, you got it. You gotta tell me. Like he has this. Yeah. So I took Michael J. Fox and then I saw like he has this kind of, Phil has this childlikeness. So I was like, so then take Michael J. Fox up an octave. And then you have this kind of (laughs) like, like, wow, that's crazy. And then like, it's also (laughs) cool because he can be kind of, there's like, there's like this kind of like whisper thing that he can do. And it's really cool. And it has this like, oh. You know? (laughs) It's yeah. very, he's, he's able to old and he's young old but young at the same time. Wow, that's such an interesting process to find a voice. It's yeah. so cool. And yeah. I want to hear you about the future of puppetry because it's also the my my conclusion. And we have also puppeteer wars like they were watching from Philippines and Argentina over there. So thank you, people. To comment and, and watch. You guys for watching. Oh, yeah, let's let's have a thought about the future yeah. of our art. I think um, I'm very I'm I'm obviously relatively relatively new. Um, I've been immersing myself as much as I can in the um, community and yeah, and and I have to add that it's fine and the community is well open and we 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 are not sectarian. We we no we no no every, to every every culture everyone. I the the I think there's a difference between how things are and what's popular, you know? Yeah. Um I think I what we have to do this community ha- relies very heavily on one or two very uh successful puppeteers, you know? Um yeah. I think relying too heavily on the children aspect while also like dirty puppets. Um, I think we saw that in. They tried to do like a adult puppet movie. I don't know if you saw the. Yeah, yeah. 
unfortunately for me that doesn't work because then mm. you're you're so obviously pointing at like isn't this silly mm. while I don't think that's the point. It's it's it should be taken as seriously as we take animation. Um, yeah, Good the point. art of animation is completely. The second you see something drawn, you 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 go, okay, so we're not in the real world. Okay, yeah. great. I already buy that. I already buy that. Right. So the second you see a puppet, you're already going, okay, great, 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 great. We don't exist. We're not in a real place. I don't need it to 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 walk around and 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 flap around. For me, if you're doing a Muppet thing, the Muppets already exist. You know, um, try trying to find real stories and real human qualities in these puppets, and giving them the ability that we have given animated animated characters. Yeah to express real stuff. Cause people expressing people things, though it is like, it's obviously moving. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a limit to it, but a completely out you know, of the world. Something thing. that isn't real <clears throat> expressing human things. Let's make is, it, make us back, back seat of it towards the behavior and just, yeah. Yeah, but philosophical things. thought on it. Yeah. And I I think the 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 taking it completely seriously while also understanding its absurdity, you you have to balance both, right? These are these are very they're tools. I mean puppets are tools, just like anything, like a guitar, like anything, like a hammer. It's the same mm. thing, you know. I think relying heavily on a puppet. Um, I'd love to see more writers uh, and more care taken with the stories that the puppets are telling. Yeah. Um, that's not something I'm seeing a lot of. Um, and seeing people really like give respect, like let these act, let them bring great stories to life. I mean, that's my thing. I am yeah. a story fanatic. I, I, I'm not a religious person, but my religion is storytelling. Like yeah. that's, it's the most important thing. And if at the end of the day, if you put on a show or you make a short or you make a movie and you are making a movie about the thing that's supposed to convey the story, you know, that's like if you make a movie about building a house and by the end of it, the movie was about a screwdriver, that's not interesting. I want to see how did this, how did the screwdriver put the, th the, the screw in the wood and what was the process it took and how it's hard to make a house and with the, the, the struggle, yeah. you know, and the building of something rather than the thing that's building it. So I think that's a, that's a very long about way to say, but that's my <laughs> idea of where we are today. Yeah, and totally, I, I totally agree. Uh, we, we want to see more writer through puppetry, but to story. And yeah. I think a lot of key things are in the writing of stories. And, yes. and all together as a team, as puppet is a teamwork often, or or could yeah. be also by yourself. And we need I, yes, to- Yes, interesting that, that puppeteers, like I'm a writer that became a puppeteer. Yeah. I would love to see puppeteers taking writing courses or writing things, even if it's not puppeteer related, or puppetry related, writing, 
so then you can understand that this isn't just a funny haha. It's not a punchline, right? Mm -hmm. There's a character in this. It it alive. Like Phil the re like he he goes in a very specific way. It's a very specific thing because he is a character and I know where he grew up. I know yeah. what he what he believes in. I know what he doesn't believe in. And you have done all like important. all the homework of uh, an actor, basically. Yeah. As like all the homework about your character, you have mm -hmm. done it for the puppet. And I think you're right about like the future. I think if every puppeteers take their character more with uh, like seriously is, is the word, but with more uh, attention about who is this this person like many yeah. it will bring puppetry higher. That's yeah. such an interesting like tip that you bring right there because we we get so much different viewpoint at the show so it's really cool and and before we end i want to just have a like little peek into one episode where we see yes. that feel and how he he expressed so well so i will share with you this just a second i have it right there and i will put play in this wonderful show and after we we will chat Let's see. Now I won't face them all on my own. I got you. Oh, I got you. Let's see. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Lagging. No. Oh no, lagging again. Okay, <laughs> come on. I talk about subtlety and then he's doing this. <laughs> Better. <laughs> oh, in the closet. The little closet. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 so everyone you will have to see the show you will have to have a, a look on this so you just put on google it live in my closet and you will find those <laughs> yeah those great episode it's so cool i just want to to smile oh it is <laughs> That's so cool. So I, I don't want to be a sporter. I will stop mm -hmm. the share. Wow, wow, I, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carla, Carla Woods, she's fantastic in that episode. It's so good. 
Yeah, we recognize New York. Oh yeah, everywhere. Yeah, so, oh, you're there. <laughs> so I, I will cut this share screen here. Oh, ho, ho, yeah. Yeah, so people, you will have to watch this. And you have done such a great job as an actor Thank also. You. It's such a good work. I saw many, like, as the podcast, we receive a lot of stuff. And you, 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 you have this challenge, like quarantine uh, set, really oh, yeah. well. So it's really <laughs> cool to see those kind of quality happening also. Thank on, you. Thank you very web. much. Thank you for, I love, I mean, just finding you guys, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I think things like this are very important um, in keeping the community, um, it's very much alive, but keeping, le le reassuring people that it exists is so important you yeah. know, and reassuring like what you're doing in just reassuring people that like, hey, we're all here, we're all listening. And this community does exist around you. So let's yeah. talk about it. And let's all bring our perspectives into this. So yeah, wonderful. And it's international, everyone's still working and, and think in terms of future, how we yep. will create this puppet three world and get the our and it's job. wide open. It's yeah. wide open. Because I think something that needs to be said is the world exists beyond in puppetry. The world exists beyond the Jim Henson company. Like they're not, we don't need to do what they do. And also yeah. this is a good thing too, is that that company hasn't done in like the dark crystal was the last fantastic thing that they did. And then they canceled it and it was <laughs> so good. Oh, hello. Yeah. Hello. That's my sister, everybody. That's my sister. Yay. <laughs> that's that's part of the show. We will conclude the yes. and those wonderful world world word <laughs> words. And and thank you so much for all your stuff. So people, if they want to see, like maybe you can say where they can yeah. find more of you and the, the series. You have some address to give to people. Of course, of course. Um, so I would say YouTube is the best. We're building. It's still in such a, uh, the, the, the Phil group, the It Lives in My Closet group is still pretty uh, like growing and the family is growing. So we're encouraging everybody to go subscribe and like and share. Uh, it Lives in My Closet on YouTube. Uh, we have Instagram, It Lives in My Closet. Our Facebook, It Lives in My Closet. Um, outalineproductions.com is our production uh, site, website. Uh, Outaline Productions also has a Facebook and an Instagram and we also do other, like we do short films and stuff of, of other narratives or uh, other creatives that do things. And if you have work um, that you would love to explore with us, please feel free to reach out. Um, yeah, so that's, thank you again for having, having me here and being able to talk about this show. Yes, and, and it's it's the beginning. We will see more yes. and more of your talent out there and in music and all of this. So thank you so much, Sam. Stay in the virtual studio. Yes. We will chat after this. So yeah, bye-bye. Hi, thank you for having me. Yay, boom, <laughs> disappear. It's, it's so interesting, this live thing. You saw how it's, it's happening and it's in real time. So let's connect with all those 
wonderful puppeteers from from us from uk from all over the world so everyone feel free also to subscribe to our patreon we we give some tips about promotion but also some workshop about puppetry if you want to learn more about this art form or know some tools of different puppeteers how they survive and in this quarantine how they keep doing show or how they build how they actually materialize their vision into a real puppet so yeah have a look it's in the description and uh, join us on on spotify on itunes on whatever you are watching or listening this show and i'm really glad to see you every week so we have another interview this evening it's a good a big day for the puppet podcast so join us this evening if you have the time or watch the replay and let's stay in touch as the big community that we are so stay safe everyone i'm caroline bernier dion and i'm doing this podcast with all this passion so have a great afternoon evening wherever you are in the world bye <laughs>